Welcome Tributes to JabberCast, a Hunger Games podcast hosted by JabberJays.net. Today is Tuesday, May 26, 2020, and you are listening to episode 37, It's Not Over Until the Mockingjay Sings. My name is Crystal, and I am joined today by Jennifer in Los Angeles. Hello. Ronnie in New York. Hello, everybody. Grant in New Jersey. Hi, guys. Tash in Australia. Hey. And hopefully later we'll be joined by Zach, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so we are here today to talk about part two, which is chapters 11 <laughs> through 20. Um, and that covers a lot in the book. I mean, so much happens. <laughs> oh, goodness. <right>? So <laughs> oh, much gosh. happens. Yep. But yeah. And yet the Hunger Games was so fast, though, at the same time. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, okay, so the episode title is a saying that Lucy Gray introduces to us. And the reason I, I decided to go with that one was because um, I think a couple, a few podcasts ago, I had said something like, oh, we know Lucy, we, we know the District 12 girl loses. <laughs> because <laughs> I just thought that she did. You know, I mean, I had forgotten that there were a total of four District 12 victors. Mm. Um, and I totally forgot about the one before Hamish. And, I guess it's because uh, Suzanne Collins only makes one vague reference to her in the first chapter yeah. of the Hunger Games. So, yeah. and I hadn't reread the book recently, so um, very small little detail out there. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you think Suzanne knew like the origin story in her head when she wrote that? That she was like, "Oh, there's four things, and there was this girl, um, and that's not the story I'm telling right now." But like. Or, you know, she hadn't fleshed out the story, but in her mind, she kind of always had that in the back of her head. I, I read I read that you, there's an Entertainment Weekly, I believe, uh, interview with the publisher um, for the Hunger Games books. And he was just saying how she knew that she wanted to tell more of that story of, of the lone victor of District 12, like before everybody else. But she said that it kind of the idea kind of grew as like everything evolved in her head like mm. throughout the, the series of the books so uh, she knew I, I don't know if she knew explicitly that she wanted to like make a book about it but she had like mm -hmm. a, a, a base, base character yeah. in mind yeah yeah she, what other ideas she's got rattling around up in there now oh. too oh, so many so many <laughs> I mean, um, if, if, she does, if she's like the type of writer who outlines and stuff like that, um, she possibly has tons of characters, all like character profiles written out and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we didn't think that we were going to get a prequel, right? It just came out of nowhere. So oh, I'm goodness. Sure it's like the right inspiration <laughs> hits her. She'll have another book for us, hopefully. <laughs> Let's hope so. The, the day that they announced this prequel, I mean, it was like Christmas. Mm. It was absolutely like Christmas. I, I was so I... excited. Yeah, so just make sure that we stick to chapters 11 through 20 because we're going to make this spoiler-free for anyone. Like, um, We have a couple people who on, on the podcast who haven't finished the book yet, so we want to preserve that for them and also for the listeners. So, yeah, let's yes, try to stay. Plus, less editing for me later. So. <laughs> <laughs> you made okay. a really good point, Grant. I think it was that, like, it was all over so quickly, but it was actually also kind of a slow burn for the beginning of these yes. Wow, I felt like sort of those first handful of chapters, I'm obsessing over so many details and what's happening or whatever. And then probably like the last three to four chapters of this part, it's just like, bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and it's, it's so much. But I, I guess what for me, like early on in this part, 
that was uh, surprising to me was that um, that that so many people died. You know, mm. not, oh my not, not just not just tributes, yeah. but but mentors. Yeah. Um, yes. And I kept thinking that they were gonna cancel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And and I, I mean I guess now that I look back, it, 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 of course they wouldn't. But I just thought that like you know with mentors dying, I thought that they would be like, oh no, we can't continue. <laughs> and I was worried. Think... <laughs> Go ahead. I was gonna say I think that just shows like the the mindset of the callousness. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually matter yeah. about you know capital versus um, district, it, and the the idea that kids are dying. It it's more it's not about the individual life it's more about the statement of what that's making yeah. and yes. so i'm sorry that you're a mentor and you died but we're actually going to parlay this your death and make it this huge parade and we're going to make it really like us versus them and we're so you're not going to eulogize and mourn the loss of that life it's more we're going to use this as a tool um and yes. that I, I think that's just a shade of like all the things that are you know to come with the hunger games that we know of from the original three books exactly i mean it was all dr gall's doing i mean she she's kind of the one that like celebrated the deaths of the uh the tributes and like was kind of using it as a show but i I, like what would you think if like somebody like if a tribute died in the original trilogy what do you think they would have done do you think they would have done the same thing or do you think like they would have just replaced them with another kid Mm, that's a good question I think they would have just. I think they, they would have just replace. left them alone. I I think they would have just been like, "Oh, sorry, district, whatever. You gotta just make do with one now." <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I guess though it wouldn't happen. I mean, one of the really interesting points in this too, and and you know, we, I I guess not really. Maybe many of us had imagined the the point of the the capital that she was going to go back to, or that at this point in time the capital was still, uh, you know, really rebuilding and quite reeling. I mean, one of the tributes as mentioned dies from tuberculosis. Um, yes, you know, yes. I think it's very treatable, very preventable. Um, you know, others die of starvation. Again, treatable, preventable. You know, one that gets rabies. Like, they get treated by a veterinarian. So, um, <laughs> whose name I picked up on Awful. is actually Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Oh, my God. That is amazing. <laughs> but, you know, so I kind of also think in Katniss's time, we wouldn't actually know if they died before the arena. Or they probably wouldn't. You know, they, they would actually yeah. Medical treatment to at least get them in there. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think they would have left them to die. I think they would just try to use mm. as much medicine as they could to keep them alive before they go into the arena. Yeah, versus this time where it's just like and, and so many times you know she makes you question what is worse, and then you think well that's actually the question really isn't it? Why why am I debating what is worse because it's all horrific? But exactly. You know, poor Dill, like she's just left in there to, to basically die, you know cough up in her own blood. Oh. Like. Yeah. Oh, that was awful. Oh, you know, actually, uh, I had highlighted that because um, that was actually really good. Um, It's a. I thought that was a really good callback to like Snow because um, it's that part where she Mm. is. It's the part where Dill. It's the part where Dill is dying. Says at last, Dill's body convulsed with a final violent bout of coughing, and a gush of blood soaked her filthy dress. Corylinus felt unwell. The blood pouring from her mouth both horrified and disgusted him. And I thought that was so um, interesting because that just that becomes like a trait that he's known for, right? Is that he's constantly having yes. to wipe blood oh. off his mouth in, oh. in the current oh. tragedy. Good call. Yeah. So. That's a very good call. Mm. Yeah, very I, kind of rude, like in a way too, with Reaper, and you know he just takes her out there and 
lies her down and leaves, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, like, Sejanus was doing that as well. He was doing, like, his little rituals with the, mm-hmm. the breadcrumbs yeah. over the bodies. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely reminded me of Rue a lot. Yeah. So we talked about in the last podcast, um, I, I had mentioned that I felt like there were like two parts of snow that were battling each other and, and they really became fleshed out even more um, in this part because yeah. he actually falls in love with Lucy Gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was shocking. Or what he for thinks me. is love. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I 100% yeah. agree. Exactly. Because he, he, he wants to own her. I mean, there's yeah. a part, I, I, I have it highlighted somewhere. It, 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 says that he is hers he owns her i think it was he wants to keep her that's what yes yeah and that was so creepy i know yeah he just sees her as property i don't i don't i just think that and i think that she loves him because she's the she thinks that he's the only like last guy that she's ever going to see in her entire life and she flirts with him to kind of like i i think honestly pulse like get support from him and like get his mm. sympathy so that he helps her more. I think it's kind of a double-edged sword with them. Yeah. That's Snow is really weird nice. with that. Snow, yeah. like, you can never tell if he likes, like, Lucy, like, genuinely likes her if he's just using her for his own gain. Like, and that's a common theme with, like, everything, it seems like, in all his relationships in this book. Yeah, yeah I, he, he definitely... Oh, he, I just think that he he's just always worried about his advances. Like, mm. all of his relationships, like, mm. with his grandmam... And even with Tigress, it's just to advance him. I mean, he, right. he doesn't, I don't think that he has ever really cared for anybody because of his, like, really traumatic childhood. Yeah, I mm. think um, there was this quote by Tigress. Uh, let me just make sure it's, you guys can keep talking, I'm going to look for it. <laughs> oh, about the disgrace, or? Yes, yes, but I'm, I'm yeah, just making sure that's in the right part. I think, oh yeah, yeah actually, no, it, it must it, be. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it was when she was telling him not to look down on people who had to choose between death and disgrace mm. and i thought it was really interesting that um when she hints about that suddenly he like like t- tries to like throw that out of his mm. mind like he doesn't want to think about it right because mm. i mean her sacrifices are acceptable apparently right <laughs> yes so he's so he, he's so willing to like push that out of his mind so that because you know he was able to get his shirt in the end for the reaping right so yeah and she even calls out later on like you know she says i just hate what they're doing to you and yeah. Yeah. he still kind of just glosses over that point as well it's um it's it's actually really sad you know i'm not sure how much further it will go but he's she's really just this moral compass that he just keeps rejecting yeah. over over and yeah. over yeah. Um, he also he just, does that. He also does that with the plinths too. Yes. Because oh my god, oh, his, yeah. his, his oh, inner loathing prejudice. for the plinths was just constantly making me so upset. <laughs> because he Ma- keeps calling him district, like yeah, or very or demeaning. Like, you know, he's like thinking about the the Ma's cooking, and yet he has so many disgusting things to think about her. Like I think he referred to her as a turnip in a dress. That's yeah. oh, oh god, yes. <laughs> mm. And then he goes over there, you know, under the guise of checking on Sejan, you know, but really, oh, hey, where's my reward? Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that made me so game. angry. Yeah. It made me so, um, that whole part, I was fuming. I, it made me, that, that was when I immediately hated him. I was like, you were just such an awful person. Yeah. yeah. So I highlighted this from chapter 16. His only regret about ditching the plinths would be the loss of her cooking. Yeah. Like, dude, uh, oh, this is the snow that I hate. Oh my god, he's such an. Uh, what makes me uh, 
add about the whole plinth scenario too or whatever is Suzanne playing again with this, you know, how you treat people and if if you feel like you fit nowhere. I mean, Ma's whole thing in the kitchen was crushing, you know, the only one that writes to her is her sister. Um, yes. You know, their whole life has been left behind. You know, again, you're right, Snow and yourself, you know, he calls all of her possessions like pathetic or something like that. Trinkets you know, or something like that, right? Trinkets, he's just, yeah. You know, he's yeah. really looking down on it, basically. Yeah. But you just think, oh, this, yeah, Suzanne just playing with this whole idea of, yeah, well, yeah, they don't they don't fit in here. They don't fit in there. You know, ostensibly they've kind of got nowhere to go home to. And then, you know, when Ma says that her boy is just this boy who's just desperately trying to do the right thing. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it just I mean, it, it could be different for them, you know, yeah. So I, I did want to um, bring up a question because I was wondering this when I was reading this part. Um, you know, because uh, when he goes to see uh, the, the plants, um, he has that meeting with the dad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of tense at times. But do you think that, that uh, Sejanus' dad had a hand in Coriolanus' dad's death? Because he's in charge of munitions, and his dad was killed by a sniper. So. Oh, I've not thought about that before. That's a good one. Or even yeah. an indirectly in like a, a Tony Stark kind of way. You know, you may not have done it, but you make <laughs> Oh, <munitions>. yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I've always thought it was interesting that they, they had so much money in District 13. Mm. And uh, how that went down and kind of led to their downfall. Yes, which makes it personal on another level again too. When you think of the later books, like oh yeah, yeah, this book comes from thirteen. Like, well, hang on a minute, we paid for thirteen. Like, <laughs> we had so much. But that's a really good point, Chris. I like too that in that meeting, I thought too my take on it was that Strabo, Strabo, however you, sorry, my Australian accent, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, pretty much tries to call him out on it. You know, I think he suspects that certainly um, Snow is there for for motivations other than than checking on his son. Um, and we get those really interesting recollections, um, again, about his mother. Um, and then, you know, I just find it really, really interesting how Snow always talks about, you know, hanging on to the compact and the smell of her and, and remembering, you know, that feeling of love. Um, but just keeps rejecting it over and over and over again. I mean, he sort of recoils when, when Mr. Plinth suggests, you know, oh, are you anything like your mother? <laughs> he can't find anything in common with her. Um, yeah, so I, I think they... Oh, maybe we both like music, so... It's just, yeah. I thought it was ironic that he said that. <laughs> that he <laughs> likes music. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> there I was struck by, like, the, the the first part, there wasn't a ton of music, right? Like, Suzanne is so known for, like, incorporating songs and meaningful songs. And it was as if she had been, like, holding back in part one. And I feel like in part two, she just, like, exploded. Like, here is all the songs. Have them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need this movie to be a musical, honestly. <laughs> it, it would be so, just like, it would be fabulous. I'd love it. Maybe we can ask um, Francis for another cut. You know how they're doing like the whole Snyder cut of the Justice League. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Give us the we musical have, you know, cut the of the Songbirds and Snakes. <laughs> and the music version. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right, Jen. Trying to unpack the meaning of them all, I think, like I said, you know, I know you and I aren't quite, quite through part three yet. Damn it, real life. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait to unpack more of the meaning of these songs. I mean, the one that yeah. she sings before going in. Um, oh, yes. Oh, man. Like, oh, but yeah. I'm like, I want to know. <laughs> Who is I, this lover? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's Do you guys sing the songs? I listen to it when you read it. I listen to it on audio, and like the poor guy that did the audio recording. 
he just like kind of spoke in patterns. It wasn't uh-huh. really like singing, <laughs> but it, it, it also wasn't really quite talking and it was a little weird sounding. <laughs> I totally get that though, because when I read things in books, I have a hard time coming up with any kind of melody out of nowhere. So if, for That's me, so it's more like a, a song gains more meaning if I can hear a song first and then read the lyrics after, not the other way yeah. around. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I, don't, I don't know if it's because I'm just saying. What, yeah, what do you, you have what do you, to sing for us then, Grant? Yes. What is what no. is the melody? <laughs> no, but like, like Crystal, like I can't figure it out ever. Like it, so, it's just me sitting there, not even reading the words, and just trying to come up with like a melody. Yeah, and it's always yeah. that. <laughs> I, I I don't really like songs in in books, so I was just reading them like out of obligation because I didn't want to miss out <laughs> on like a clue or a hint or something, and I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh yeah, the song talked about. It. I'm like, oh damn it. And then I gotta go back, but yeah, so I, I did read them all, but I have no idea what they sound like. So. Well, when and, I when I when I got the physical copy, I, I read the songs and like because I I'm born and bred in Tennessee, so I I get the uh, Appalachian like kind of sound like bluegrass, and uh, some of them are like actual songs. I researched them, um, yeah. and it and it. I, I found it interesting because, like, when Suzanne she read like that short part of the chat. I think it was chapter two. Um, she read Lucy's Gray, Lucy Gray, in a uh, like a country accent, like kind of like an East Tennessee accent. Oh, where you I'm mean from. The, the song kind that of... she sang at her reaping? Yes. Yeah, and uh, she also did that for Katniss when she read that. Uh, I think it was Mockingjay Part One. I think she read like the first chapter. She had Katniss in like an Appalachian accent, which I always love. That I just think yeah. it's very cool. Maybe we need another audio book do-over as well, too. We'll make a music yeah. version of that. Oh, my goodness. He, 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 I just feel so bad for him because he, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I... That would be me. Yeah, the same as well, honestly. You tried. Well, I'll be singing. <laughs> this is why I can't wait for the movie because it was really cool because in the books, you know, the original trilogy, it, it was fun to read the, the songs, but it was really, it just transformed it when you yeah. actually had the melody and it was like, okay, yes. this is the melody that we all get. Like, yeah. <laughs> the hanging you know? tree, the hanging tree yeah, was so and catchy. It, and it says a lot yeah. to me that they have to hire like professional singers to come up with the melody. Wasn't it the Lumineers for Deep in the Middle? Yeah. Yes, it was. Mm. So see, it's, it's to, not I, just us. Yeah. <laughs> hard. Well, apparently it's not hard for Grant, but it's hard for the rest of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. We secretly record you somewhere later. <laughs> Do I know about it? <laughs> oh my God. I like. I I want. I love Taylor Swift so much. I literally want her to like come up with the melodies or be a part of this book i mean she did safe and sound which it was a pretty it was pretty yeah. good i love safe and sound so good just get them all back just be like hey guys look we know a few years have passed but you will come back like yeah i mean yeah. james Newton howard if he does the score yeah perfect movie perfect movie oh be brilliant <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's move on to one of the big parts of this part of the book, and that's Snow going into the arena. Mm. Oh my god. Enjoy the show! (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait for that. I can't wait for that part in the movie. That's going to be awesome. I I laughed out loud when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. This one again to Suzanne. I laugh and then a paragraph later, you know, something terrible happens and I, I feel terribly guilty. <laughs> no, same. Yeah. 
I mean, so much happens, right? I mean, he goes in there and <laughs> he's like scared at the same time, and he's also trying to get Marcus out because, and, and it's like it's he's not in there really to get him out for Marcus's sake, right? He's he's yeah. in there for his, himself because they've made it clear that he can't come out without him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting because it just shows that Dr. Gall, um, you know, she she's she's serious about like teaching him things. Like, yeah. she's got hard lessons to put him through. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would not be my favorite teacher, that's yeah, for no, sure. No. Yeah, I'm not taking her class. <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially when he gets out and then she's just like, okay, give me another assignment. <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> she's she's or, so or, was, or didn't he, like, get dumped outside and, like, she's, like, going over the audio with High Bottom? <laughs> they weren't Pretty even much. looking at yes. that, right? <laughs> In the back of the TV yeah. van. <laughs> yeah, not even there. Yeah. Oh God. Brutal. I, I think that whole the- scene, like with with, oh, I'm sorry, this is so hard for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the scene with Miss Plint at Snow's apartment and mm-hmm. like the whole reveal of like oh. her son being yeah. in the arena, like yeah. for some reason I just knew I was like he's in the front, he's in the like he's literally going to be on TV in the arena yeah. when they were like where. Yeah. That yeah. was crazy. That was probably the biggest twist for me so that far. That is my boy. Yeah, that is my boy. Like, and it's tough too yeah. because I mean, it, it it's it's got the the theme. He's basically suicidal at that point because he knows yeah. he knows what right. what's in yeah. for it. He's he he wants it to happen, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. But I think he's. It also shows his naivete, right? Because he thinks that they're going to show all of this, and Snow knows yeah. better. He knows yeah. they're like, right. oh no, this. From the moment he sees that, he's like, oh, I understand what he's trying to do, but he doesn't realize. Whereas Snow has that ability, even at that age, to yeah. think like ten steps ahead and be yeah. like, they're darkening it out. They're not going to show that. They're going to sit to say that you had the flu. Like, mm. use your brain, Sejanus. Come on. <laughs> you know you're yeah. leading with your heart but like let's think this through and right. is it and that's how he's able to convince him right is like walk him through the logistics of like let's process this whereas for him it's that he doesn't care about what sejanus wants he just w- wants out <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. uh it, it just breaks my heart because i just feel so bad for sejanus he's just such a pure soul mm. he's so <laughs> innocent he's just so innocent oh it's precious and i, I just hate how like Snow just feels like he's better, like better than him, basically the entire time. It was like, well, I'm doing this because I love my country and I want to move up and blah 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 blah. And so Janus just like, well, f everybody, like this isn't correct. It just does something so insane like that. Yeah. But oh my god, I I really loved how like she like puts another wrinkle in things right after like right after that with the plinth prize. Because, oh my gosh, because yeah. that really swiveled oh, yeah. things in Snow's mind yeah. as well because that really upped the stakes for him and it made it like so much more important for him to win yeah. right and um, I mean Lucy Gray was just like you know I wish you would believe in me Yeah, I don't even know what I'm trying it's, to say now he's not just He's not fighting just for him, his, um, for Lucy to live, but it's his own life as well. Like yeah, their yeah, fates yeah. are suddenly entwined, right? Like yeah. when she succeeds, he not just like gets the accolades and a potential scholarship. It's oh, I will get that. So all of a sudden, like yeah, I, I definitely, my life is tied to yours, and we, we, we must succeed. This is it. 
and every time it's a really good point you made too like every time something you know there's there's lots of capital kids it's not just Sejanus or Sejanus that questions you know why are we doing what we're doing multiple mm-hmm. his classmates you know kind of make the same thing why you know yeah. why are we dragging yeah. this out I don't yeah. give it anymore but pretty much every time one of them does you're right something like this happens you know the plinth prize or one of those other tributes start you know they have a funeral someone reminds them something else about another assignment there's mm-hmm. always turn back around again to oh hang on no this is why we do you know like Let's get you back on track to being capital children, not, uh, right. not children question, you know, yeah. Well, and yeah. that leads into, like, for me, like, the really interesting bit was after he got out of the arena and his conversation with Dr. Gall about, mm. and, like, Dr. Gall's conversation with the class, and it was talking about, you know, what is the, like, okay, so what is the, the goal of the never-ending war? Mm. Um and it is just, it's its about how, like, the war can never end. Like, even if the war technically is ending, we always have to be in a war with these districts. Mm-hmm. And how Snow was so quickly able to ascertain, like, we always have to keep this up. We always have to keep the districts in check. You yes. Have, you have to keep your foot on their neck because the minute that you do, you let that up, mm-hmm. they're coming for you, right? Like, I literally... Ooh. I highlighted that. I highlighted that in my book, like that whole section, because I, I that was actually was a, I was going to quote that tonight because it's my it's my favorite. It just shows who he is. Mm. Yeah. And Dr. Goal, like that was one of the things I wrote down. I just got like a whole paragraph is you can blame it on the circumstances of the environment, but you made the choices you made. No one else. It's a lot to take in all at once, but it's essential you make an effort to answer that question. Who are human beings? Because who we are determines the type of governing we need. Later on, I hope you can reflect and be honest with yourself about what you learned tonight. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I highlight that a lot in this chapter. <laughs> but it's true. Mm. It's very true. And then again after it, later on, he's again, oh, he's just like, oh, it means 10 people between me and that prize. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. It's just so yeah. awful. Oh, God. Well, it's I, almost I, as if he was in his own type of Hunger Games, right? Like, yes. Lucy Gray is fighting people in the arena. He's fighting people outside of the arena because yeah. that's what the way he looks at it, right? This is life or death for him. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I, and I, I, okay, so like, life or death, um, that actually goes back to um, him inside the arena, is he killed somebody. He killed yeah. a tribute. I mean, that yes. was huge, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when and, that happened, that was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's not just he's a mentor and he's um, helping form the games. But he went in there and he killed one of the tributes. And yeah. it was for survival, too. Uh, and so, okay, so I'll go back to... Uh, so he's, she, Dr. Gall says, Without the threat of death, it wouldn't have been much of a lesson. What happened in the arena? That's humanity undressed. The tributes and you, too. How quickly civilization disappears. All your fine manners, education, family background, everything you pride yourself on, stripped away in the blink of an eye, revealing everything you actually are. A boy with a club who beats another boy to death. That's mankind in its natural state. Yeah, yeah, that was was kind of an amazing paragraph. (laughs) Dr. Gall is the original Snow. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, she definitely is. Let me get Snow 2.0. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the upgrade. Yeah. But you're right there, Crystal, and all of this whole section was just amazing. I think Suzanne, uh, through this whole part, there's, there's so many clever messages. And I think, like you pointed out, she's probably written this thing, like, what, two years ago. Um, so, as usual, she's kind of got her crystal ball <laughs> happening <laughs> again. But I hope that so many people reading it are smart enough to unpack 
lots of the messages and their own interpretations as well um, because she's asking a lot of very clever questions and questions that will probably hit home for a lot of people about, you know, how do you treat people, um, nature versus nurture, you know, are you destined to become what you know? Do you get a chance to change? Can someone change? You know, all those sorts of things. I totally agree. I, I remember when the book first came out, they, there was a published interview, I think it was on Entertainment Weekly, um, and they said that the classroom scenes were like super boring, mm-hmm. but I honestly found them like some of the most interesting parts of the book. Yeah, yeah. I did too. I really liked them. Mm. Yeah, I the thought the student did. dynamic with like the polarizing views, like on it, either you're for like the Hunger Games or you're kind of against it. Mm. I feel like that just related to me a lot, or like to our political climate, how it's yeah. like you're either yeah. essentially yeah. Republican or you're Democrat, and it's like yeah. just the that, that polarization I thought was so interesting and kind of relatable to today. Very true. And it's like, and it's like if they w- if this would have happened during Katniss's time, if people had like polarizing views, I mean, they'd be killed. Like the opposition. Yes. Yeah. Like like a hundred percent, or at least punished. So it, mm-hmm. it's it, that I think that was kind of like a really weird thing that I noticed, where I was like, people get away with so much stuff. Oh, absolutely. In the beginning. In the, like mm, other mentors, yeah. uh, like Lysistrata. Is it Lysistrata or Lysistrata? Yeah. I, I think Lysistrata. Lys- Lysistrata? That's what they said at the audiobook, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I really liked her. Um, yeah. I thought she was one of the more sympathetic people. Um, and then I guess. I, I, mean, like, I mean, like, there were so many other mentors who were just like, you know, it was just like their fun thing to do. Like, <laughs> it was like their <laughs> entertainment for the month or something, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, like a contest or something for them. Is and yeah. but whereas like like I really liked the Lysistrata when when um when uh what's his name Jessup when he was yeah. out. I, I mean I, I couldn't believe that she was like giving his resources to try to save Lucy Gray. I, that was really touching. Aww. Yes. And then when she stands up to Lucky, really, and says, yeah, you know, yeah. he's not a dog. He's a yeah. person. Yeah. And you think, yeah, what happened? To those people in the capital, I mean, we we know that some of them are around, I suppose, like Sinna and, and certainly Tigris in in Canis's time. But where does that go as well? I guess you know, just know, does everything just change so much that even in the capital, you know, you, you speak up and poof, you, you know, you're snuffed out. Like, yeah. I, and I think a lot of it, those pe- people are, especially I think in Katniss's time, people are too afraid to mm. go against like the status quo. It's kind of like a group mentality yeah. sort of situation. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that do oppose the government, but they don't want to get killed. Yes. I just think that he just brought so much fear and, like, terror when he took power that, like, Mm. people didn't feel safe to even ask questions like that in public anymore. Which is also crazy because, I mean, this is, I say only, but it is only 64 years. Yeah. Really, it's only a generation, two generations. Like... That, that so much history and living history is lost and that, you know, or people are silenced or killed or whatever you say, you know, it's it's kind of frightening to think in that way too, that, yeah, really, you're not talking about a, a long, long period of time. Well, I think that just goes to show that, like, when you control the information and you control mm. the messaging, right? Like, very yep. much like, okay, like, this kid can, like, um, we can throw snow into the arena and it doesn't matter what happens in there because we're going to control the message and everything mm. that comes out, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, we're yeah. Gonna, you, you we're get to show get, what we show, and that's it. You get this sense that if like he dies in there, Doctor Gall would just be like, eh, next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she 
kind of almost even says that to him and without so many words, right? It's just like, well, what'd you learn? Okay, great. Like, glad you learned that. Did it die? Go, I gotta eat my my crackers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And here's your next death situation. Right. I mean, that's why I think that she, she's the one that blew up the arena in the beginning because I, I, I think that it, it controls the narrative of like the districts are doing something bad. We need to punish them That's and make true. it more I of mean, a spectacle. It's like, this is one of her experiments, right? And she, she controls yeah. her, all the variables and stuff. So I, I, I would, I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Why? Speaking of the arena, how literal, but horrific kind of also in a way, but I mean, and then you can see, I, Someone suggested, I think, obviously, that the 11th Games is Mags, so that's when it gets flooded. Mm. Oh, um, yes. So, is it um, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. When it finally shits itself. <laughs> but, so, but wasn't it that, like, almost everybody drowned and she was the only one who left because she could swim? Was that it? Oh, yes. no, that was Annie. No, I think that was Annie. And that oh, was, Annie. like, the dam, the, the dam broke and, like, she, she was oh. the only one that could swim and that's why she went crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think Mag, someone said, I'd have but to look at the game, but pers- you kind of think, yeah, this arena is on its last legs, but also how just horrific, you know, here you go. We'll, I mean, I know they lock them in every arena, but just have at it. Like, like well, it's in the middle of a big field. Yeah. So I actually had a hard time um, picturing the the posts. You know, the, I, I know that was in part one uh, where Lamina was on the, the top of it. But because originally, mm-hmm. because it was a sports arena, I thought it was like a football goalpost. Oh, OK. Yep. But then Isn't like, it that? At, at that part, there's like two posts that two people climb up. So there's not yep. one post, there's two posts. So I don't understand what exactly she's on. Do they describe that? I kind of thought it was more Roman. So like how Marcus is strung up, essentially, they used to just basically cross two poles. Oh, okay. And, like attach an arm sort yeah, of Yeah, I thought they built it for Marcus. Yeah, okay. I did too. Oh, that was okay, kind of okay. I had just very Roman, like the X, and they used to just, yeah, yeah plant okay. them outside their courts and okay. stuff. And, yeah. That was horrific. That was absolutely oh, horrific. Yeah. The That's... opening with Marcus. Ugh. Yeah. That was so awful. Yeah. And dragging and... the tributes behind the horses and the, the oh, girl. The, the crane. The girl, the girl that was strung up above them, while the other tributes had to, you know, sit underneath her on the the flatbed truck. Look, it's awful. Just very, very gruesome parts here in Suzette. Look, it's <laughs> very opposite to what we know is, you know, in the Katniss times of the Hunger Games. Like these people are revered, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw it as like a. I mean, that was kind of the inspiration for the tribute parade in like a really mm-hmm. twisted way. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it was the tributes going down the the avenue. Mm. It, 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 was it, was, like a, it was almost like a float, right? A yeah, 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 yeah. It was awful. They, they were like oh. chained to by their hands. They couldn't even stand up. I think she said, um, oh. "Awful." Because you know how like uh, on like floats, like, they'll have like people sitting on the flatbed of a truck, and then there's things over them, and that was just the image that I got from that. It was, ugh. Yeah. Yep. But you're she right. Definitely went dark. <laughs> <laughs> very dark <laughs> that's what i said i think on one comment i was like oh my god we all thought that the, you know getting melted by lasers was really horrific in mockingjay <laughs> and it is oh gosh but then you, yeah you read some of the things that's happened in this it's like oh my wow yeah <laughs> you know new levels don't, i don't envy yeah. francis lawrence trying to cram this into pg-13 <laughs> oh goodness i don't know how he can do it it, it just reminded me that like the handmaid's tale series on hulu oh. like 
that kind of grittiness because they they do kind of stuff like that and i i just cannot imagine that being a pg-13 thing because like mm-hmm. it's a very hard r for that show <laughs> and uh, they show very similar stuff to that and it's like oh god i don't know we'll have it's to see point though because i mean i look i haven't read much but is this book technically still marketed as ya i think so you know so or have a lot of things i've seen about you know kind of the continuation of katniss's time and i mean look i'm 33 so how many of us are you know kind of older or or were already older when we read them or how many were you know like you 15 you know 14 and 15 when you read the first ones and now you're older like that's um, actually an interesting question because I guess because Snow is 18, you could argue mm-hmm. that it would be more like new adult rather than young adult because young adult, the protagonists are usually a little bit younger. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how they're. I haven't seen any how they're marketing it. I think they're just like, oh, here's a Hunger Games book. Is it Hunger Games? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and it just sounds like hotcakes. <laughs> I, I think it was just she's aging up with her audience. Mm, like yeah. 100 and it i mean even like from the first hunger games book to mockingjay mockingjay was like um i mean god it came out mm. in i think 2010 so i was like 15 and that was shocking to me like i'd yeah. never read anything so violent before in my entire life mm. i was like scarred um yeah. but the, the, i mean this is definitely more shocking mm. even as like a 24 year old i'm like oh my goodness like what's <laughs> I, I, like i can't believe she went this far yeah. <laughs> it, like, feels more realistic for some reason. Like, I feel it like does. not... It, I don't think this will happen in real life right now, but, it, like, it feels like it could. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I, I think it's because it's the less, like, the lack of, like, the capital, like, yeah. fanciness with their advanced technology and, like... Right. Like, they're, they're, you step on a mat, it blow dries your body, all that stuff. Like, I mean, this is very, like, Great Depression era slash, like, Post World War One Germany. I mean, it, it's very realistic. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's part of it, right? You can kind of imagine that being wherever you live ten years from now, you know, yeah, um, after a war. So that that kind of makes it harder, and, or easier to imagine, but also harder to process because oh, no one wants to live in an actual dystopia, right? <laughs> exactly. And I didn't even like I didn't even think that the capital would be like this. Like at this point, mm. I still thought that it would be like the big fabulous thing, and they'd have the escorts and like all that stuff. But no, I mean it's very gritty, I guess. Yeah. Definitely very gritty. But it's yeah, a great like, point. Have you ever seen memes where they're like, "What world do you want to live in?" And like, Hunger Games is an option, and I'm just like, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, thank you." <laughs> not even not even post mocking Jay like. Because things still seem pretty rough post-Mockingjay. No. Mm. Very true. Very true. Well, I think the people... I, kind of sh- um, I think that it's good that in the capital, like, people, they're also reeling. But, like, we know, so we know that that's where they started. But in the very end, like, these are the people who, who are very vapid. And, um, you know, like, I, I think it's, it's interesting, almost like the progression of Lucky Flickerman as a character, I thought was so fascinating. Oh, my gosh. I love and then, him. like, the evolution to eventually, I don't know, maybe a son or grandson to mm. Caesar Flickerman, right? Like, I think that is the evolution of the capital summed up yeah. in those people yeah. and those characters. <laughs> I love, I love that I love that Caesar came from a family of of, of a weatherman. <laughs> yeah. Reminding me too, oh god, I laughed when he set the background of the set on fire. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> like the, the comedic nature of the way these games are hosted, you know, there's just 
so many little things that yeah. you think that later have all been, you know, ironed out by Katniss's time. But and his bloody parrot. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god! I th- oh my I god! That parrot, I thought that parrot wasn't gonna make it. <laughs> I did as well. I I really hope they have it in the movie. Like they better have it in the movie. Some great comedic like lightning of the very hardcore topic. Oh my god! <laughs> exactly. What was the it scene? Was... was it with like Coral and Mizzen or I don't know? There was just like a huge graphic death, and then it just mm-hmm. cuts to Lucky, and he's like, "Did y'all see that?" <laughs> <laughs> And just so bad, yeah. but so funny. Oh, yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting about the, the lack of cameras. Mm. I mean, because yeah. they didn't really yeah. know to record everything. Yes. And I thought that was kind of a given. Like, I mean, if I if I were evil enough to create something as horrific as The Hunger Games, I'd be like, cameras everywhere. Yeah. Just be on them at yeah. all times. But, like, because, like, Lucy Gray is absent a lot of the, the entire yeah. games. I mean, yeah. she's just hiding, it, hiding out in a tunnel. Which honestly, the same. That's what I would do. Like, <laughs> it, it's funny though because the other tech that doesn't really work is the drones, right? Yeah. Did they yeah. Oh the my food? god! <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. <sighs> when it fails that first time and drops the the water, I think it's like lamina when she's up on the boat, and, and yeah, it's just just like, yeah, didn't expect any different. <laughs> like, okay, I feel horrible laugh, I, that I laughed about this, but just the no. image. Of, of the hydrophobia part when he's being attacked by water bottles oh, oh yes. I, I was laughing I feel bad is that a real thing with rabies it, it is I looked it up um, oh. but hydrophobia is actually the historical name for rabies oh, oh my god yeah that's what that's what people called know. rabies before they called it hydrophobia but basically people get so thirsty and they can't drink because their throats swell up that they get scared, hyper scared of water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Suzanne. Suzanne. Right. Yeah. Blending history and fiction again. Oh, she's so she's so good at it. She's That's very good. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Um I'll I'll join you, Crystal, not in that moment, but the one I had a bit of a chuckle at was um uh, Revenge of the Nerds when um uh Tesla, I think you know, she finally gets that drone. <gasps> yes. Yeah, Mizzen just gets yes. by all these drones coming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, we're sorry, gonna don't, don't with you. the nerds. Like, <laughs> it, it was just so odd not having all the career districts because, like, I think it was like one and two were both gone. Yes. Like yeah. when they went into the games, and it, so like, it, I, I think I think it was a line that said something like, "It was interesting to see how." Because like usually in the past they all kill each other like at the beginning, and there's usually some sort of bloodbath. But since mm. the careers aren't left, they all just go and hide and, like, wait it out. Yes. I did find Which... it interesting, though, that, that this is, like, when, like, people started forming packs. You know? mm. Yes. And alliances. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he still was very surprised when um, people were talking about becoming allies. I think it was um, Jessup and Lucy Gray, right? He was surprised that yeah. she, said, she said something like, we're, we're allies or something, and he was mm. surprised by that. Really? Absolutely, and working together, and even the mentors to a degree, were you know working together. Um, yeah, yeah. That sort of evolves into something a bit different again later on. Um, but then you're right; you have these sort of packs and things, and then you know a variety of circumstances make them appear at the ending, and then it's just like bang, game's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It ended so quickly, so mm. quickly. 
those mm-hmm. snakes. Um, I was actually, that was a chapter the way when it ended with her, like that vision of her, or at least my vision of her standing there with all the snakes like mm-hmm. on her. That mm-hmm. was going to be a chapter that I was going to like finish up and go to bed. And I was like, <laughs> that cannot be the last thing I have in my head before <laughs> I'll have the worst nightmares. So I did have to finish all the way to the end of the part two. <laughs> just <laughs> because, the, just my gosh. She's like, um, and that's the yeah. first time we've had mutations in the arena. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, it was very clever of him to like sneak the handkerchief in. I don't know how they didn't notice it before, but it's fine. I mean, it, I believe it. I'm sure they weren't really paying attention in the first place. Or if they did see it and it's a setup for him later, you know, I don't know, but um, yeah. You think, oh, it's interesting. Like, it certainly made for t- interesting television viewing, didn't it? But Oh, definitely. And her already having, you know, had the snake in District 12. Um, I mean, clearly these are obviously mutts, but, um, you know, for her already to be confronted by hundreds, thousands of them and still go, okay, all right, I'm going to do my usual. <laughs> right. I'm going to walk away backward real quiet. Uh, Friends. And then yeah. sing to them. Yeah. <laughs> go way back, these, you know, you and I, like. Come on, give me, like. It's pretty brave of her when you all things considered. And I also think that it was part, it was born by necessity, right? Because he keeps referring how like this bombing created new hiding areas and new places, right? Like it's, it sounds, so it sounds like in the previous ones, it was much more of an open field. um, Whereas now like, okay, everybody's hiding and they realize like, oh crap, we don't have cameras to capture everything. So how are we going to force people? And, you know, like Mm -hmm. very much like in the Katniss Hunger Games, right? Like you're, you're trying to force people together to force the action. So um, what the, the mutts are, right? Like, okay, let's introduce this new variable so that we can really like, let's get this show on the road. (laughs) (laughs) It's an awesome point, and same with like you know the audio. I think that stood out you know a couple of times like the audio manages to capture. I think it, you know Mizen like snapping his neck. Um, oh, you know, oh yeah. Break like you know so the fact that you haven't even got kind of the audio in the right places and stuff too. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the the parts um, where they just so happened to catch audio was when uh, when Lucy Gray was with who was it when he was dying. Was it Jessup? 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, was it the kid that she killed with the snake? Oh, uh, Wolvie? No. Uh, what was, it? was that Tanner? Or Treach? Tanner. Treach. Yeah. Treach. 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 Oh, I, actually, I think I'm thinking of Jessup. Um, oh, when he was rabid and dying and she yeah. was saying, like... Yeah, and she was, she was talking to him and telling him that he can sleep now. Oh, right, was, right. I think I think Coraline has made a specific mention of oh the audio is really good right there so he's lucky for that. Oh God! <laughs> Such a snow thing, right? Like I know. Uh, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad they got it on camera. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, not snow on top, like no. yeah. <laughs> snow on top. I I did find it in okay. So um, at some point it's at the end of chapter eighteen when he drops the handkerchief in the snake tank. So did you guys pick up at that point, because I didn't, that he was basically cheating? Because I don't know why I didn't think that. I just, I think I was just caught up in the fact that he was helping her survive. <laughs> I think that's why I got, I think that's why I got caught off guard when I uh, got to the end of chapter 20. 
I I think I did because I was listening to the audiobook in like one sitting basically. Mm. So and, and it, it was like three in the morning when I started, and I think it was maybe like noon at that point. I had not slept, so oh I, for some reason I immediately put two and two together. I was like, oh no, he has his DNA on there. Same with Lucy Gray. Here we go. I knew where it was going. I I don't know if I would fully consider it cheating. I you know I suppose it's kind of comes back to that whole thing about taking advantage where you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah things are rewarded later for taking advantage but you're right and then in chapter 20 it's one of the items that's laid out like you know hey you rigged the games you cheated and i'm like well actually i think you kind of played within yeah, the rules so, um i guess that's another question too like do you con- do you guys consider what lucy gray did with the point i mean because i mean snow gives her the idea but she she does it she takes it from the outside and takes it in with her and she uses it but would that is that technically cheating, or is that I mean, could she have smuggled that in, and like they would have considered that cheating I, anyway, even if he wasn't involved? I, or I think that's why they started because in the first Hunger Games book they talk about. I think Cinna told Katniss that they took away a, a poison ring from a girl. I think I think it was Glimmer, and yeah. uh, I I think that's kind of where that stemmed from. To like, I, they didn't really consider that being an issue. But then it happened, so yeah. it, it always takes that one person to mess everything up for everybody else. And <laughs> all that stuff. So oh, I mean, it, it's, it's, so I, I think that's kind of what trying happened. trying to stay alive. Pretty much what happened. Sorry. Because <laughs> they're like, well, it's not technically a rule, but like, no, still, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like their security was But like the rat right. poison was there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 No, not at all. If you've given me a choice between most likely death and like a shot at it, yeah, I'm gonna break the rules. <laughs> oh, same. Rules, and I'm yeah, gonna. Yeah, and, and if that. you're if you're keeping me in a zoo and just leaving rat poison around, and hey, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nobody else is smart enough to think of it. <laughs> I think it's another great point you make, though, because I mean the fact that we're even kind of considering is it cheating, is it not cheating? I mean, like like Jen just said, you know, the whole thing is well, you've condemned me to die anyway, so. Yeah. Right. You know, the, yeah, is the debate actually? Well, the whole thing is is immoral, <laughs> right? I, I'm going to take every, every advantage I can to. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was in the zoo, so I mean, technically, any of the other tributes could have done the same thing, right? So, yeah, exactly. True. And for all we know, maybe they did. <laughs> yeah, and look, I'm there are no. You know, the dean says at the end, "Oh, that was really clever to poison Wovi." I'm on the fence about that one. I think she already probably had a lot of, like you said. Um, Lisa Strata said tuberculosis and other underlying health issues. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. maybe she grabbed something and finished it off. So I think really the only one you could overtly say um, was Reaper. Um, yeah. That was just very, very clever, I thought. Um, yes. You know, using tools again to her advantage. Um, so it really, it's got a lot, reminded me a lot of the Tracker Jackers in a way. Oh, yes. Using the mutations for her advantage. Yeah, exactly. You know, you mm. kind of. Yeah, you know, without, I didn't even put that together. While she was up that tree, it's like, oh, hang on, how am I getting out of this situation? Oh, okay, here's something in the environment I can use. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the puddle was a similar sort of, okay, here's the only water source. Um, or the only water source that he's accepting, specifically yeah. for yeah. him, right? Because he wasn't taking anything from Clemmy, so. Mm, or even from the other tributes after yeah. suspecting, you know, yeah. Um, which is a great point too, and again, look, you're sending them in there to die anyway. Kind of again, why are we debating what is worse? But the, the fact that he, I suppose, recognises the entertainment value—it's it, sort of staggering. Away, like I said, we've got the vet that treats them, 
they don't have access to any kind of natural water source in the arena. You know, the drones can only deliver something if they physically see them. Yeah. They're all sick or starving or have other health ailments. Like you said, a third of them have died before they've even made it into the arena. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very good competition, is it, I guess, when everybody, like... <laughs> When I think that's why, like, like they see that value, like, right, like mm-hmm. nobody watches this because it's not entertaining. You need yeah. to make it entertaining, and be, and that's the whole idea of adding in the betting and you know the sponsors and get people invested. But people mm-hmm. aren't going to be invested if they're not that's exciting. It. Yeah. And someone made the comment, I think, in our chat group. You know, isn't it? It's much more palatable, isn't it, when they're washed and they're clean, and you know, like, yeah. it does. It doesn't feel like you're watching, you know violent people killing each other it's that whole thing Suzanne was playing with it does actually probably feel to the capital like they are watching a reality show yeah mm-hmm. I mean yeah. Lucy Gray never changed her dress once I mean no. she stayed in the exact same dress the entire time which also Tigers makes her clean it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right that's right she cleaned it before her song or her interview yeah. I'd be rubbing myself all over in the dirt again you know trying to <laughs> <laughs> the color out of it like <laughs> you can't see me but um, it's just fascinating. I found how many little bits and pieces are in here that just color everything that's to come. Um, yes. You know, and you know everything that changes and whatever. Um, I mean, you, we always kind of knew, I guess, that the, the prequel would be monumental or give us a lot of info or whatever. But it it has honestly blown me away how much this his eighteenth year and this ten Hunger Games impact. You know, and that's even yeah. without having finished it yet. But Mm. Yeah. The the trauma of one person can really mm. spell the disaster of a future of a country. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if Snow thinks like the changes to come, like for example, how the tributes are treated so well, like in Katniss's times. I wonder if Snow views that as like him be like doing something so heroic. Mm. He probably oh. does. He probably does. Yeah. I think he, he takes some kind of like hero kind of outlook on it. Like I'm so good. It's so generous of me to do this. And and, and I mean, in yeah. a way, it is because, I mean, if for them to get treated at least good before this happens is better than what they did in in the tenth games. But still, yeah, mm. I totally see him taking moral credit for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very he's very self serving. So. Oh yeah. Oh god. It's, it's like a, it's like a roller coaster with him, you know? Like at, <laughs> at one point he'll seem almost human and then and then boom, he's like talking about, "Oh yeah, Lucy Green yeah. is mine to keep." And you're just like, "Oh." <laughs> and you think, "Oh, maybe, maybe I can see where it turns." Oh, no, nah, selfish snows back. Oh, there it uh, is. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I have to reread those moments and be like, "Did he really just say that?" Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you're just like, "What?" <laughs> it's interesting too because his internal dialogue we get so much more right i think we said this on the last in the last the podcast and about the last part too like his internal dialogue is such a window into his thought process yeah. and his his person yeah. whereas the one yeah. the, our window into katniss is so utilitarian um and i think this the part two really just delves so much more into the person of who snow is whereas we get so little of that with katniss so as much as it's gross to learn about snow it is fascinating right it is yeah yeah here i have i found this another highlight that i made um it's it's part of the good snow (laughs) (laughs) 
Lucy Gray, now that he'd been in the arena himself, her circumstances seemed even more dire than before. The thought of her huddled somewhere in the cold blackness of the arena, too petrified to close her eyes, made him ache. For the first time, he felt glad he'd killed Bobbin. At least he'd saved her from that animal. Mm. Yeah, so I, I really like that part because I like seeing like the good parts of him because even though I know that it's not who he ends up being, it was... I don't know, like a small comfort almost to know that he there was a good part of him once and, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. nice and easy to blame Dr. Gall for who he became. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that even... She said, you make your own choices. Like he, he's, he's literally like one of her mutts. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, he did say though, like, he didn't realize how bad it was until he was actually there. And mm. it I, I just think before that he still like really didn't care that much, and then it, I think after that happens, where he, where he kills that tribute and like gets out of the arena and everything, I think that he kind of gets over it really fast. Mm. I, by the way, I I found that scene very terrifying. You know when they're they're oh, like God. they're like making their way up the tunnel and they can is it, I don't know if there's like barely any light and they can see and then they get like roughly pulled underneath the barbed wire. Yeah, and he can hear yeah. them coming up behind them. Oh god, that was very terrifying. Tense. It was yeah. so scary. Yeah, very very tense. Um, but you're right, and we have good parts or whatever. But then we have the bits through, like one of the things that stuck out to me was, um, you know, um, Clemencia, and obviously, you know, well, don't lie for one, but what a little what a little white lie would do to you. But you know, he has that remark at one point that oh, she can go and visit her snakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> what happened to the boy who, you know, like, come on. She didn't, you know, yeah, do that. And, you know, we're the one girl who was kind of worried about her. And, and I mean, I, I know they sort of make up a, a truce of sorts at the end. But, yeah, you just think, oh, this teetering of, like you said, it's fascinating, this dichotomy of good snow, yeah. bad snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like and a thread. In, yeah. Even in that, <laughs> that, um, that quote that you read, Crystal, at the very end, he refers to Bob and I'm so glad I saved her from that animal. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, that was just a kid. He wasn't an animal. You were the one treating him like an animal, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, he was a kid just trying to survive. Like, if the roles had been reversed, maybe you would have done the same. So, yeah. um, you know, even in, in his most um, empathetic moments, he's still, like, condescending. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's that's why I think that he just kind of sees Lucy Gray as just like an object. Mm-hmm. Because it, he was like, oh, my, my, it's like Gollum, like my precious. Like I have to protect her. <laughs> blah, blah. Oh my God. And, and just thinks of, think of everybody else as just an animal. Mm. But it's true. And the prize, you know, like um, we talked about it briefly earlier, but, you know, he even kind of mentions, like, he can, you know, here's this idyllic notion of the capital. You know, he's going to he's going to win the prize. He'll be rich. You know, everything will come together. Pluribus will open his club again and Lucy will be, you know, the headline act. You think, well, hang on a minute. Where is yeah, Lucy Gray's choice in all of this? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 What's her agency? Yeah. Um, and then obviously, Ooh, actually, I think, you know, will um, that think about he- that reminds me um, about the club bit because I think that was mm-hmm. that was the part where Purpose was talking about his uh, his pretties. Yes. Right. So yeah. Yes. I I think when I was reading that I was like, what does that mean? Is is does he run a brothel? Is he talking mm-hmm. about selling Lucy Gray? And then I mean that that goes back to like the current Hunger Games, right? Because yeah. the victors end up being sold 
for sex and things like that because they're like celebrities and stuff like that um but yeah it was, it was that was another point that was scary where it was just like this is like the origin of how things are in the future um, yeah absolutely i thought of it immediately and finnick immediately look oh yes i just think oh look mm. this makes me sad for finnick again I know. <laughs> don't do this to me just <laughs> It's just okay. Speaking of poor Finnick, though, I think he's actually probably had it good in the sense that he just got quickly decapitated. <laughs> I've just kind of everyone in the grand scheme of things, yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Like Marcus, when it just said she swung down and then she had just oh, yeah. oh. oh, that was awful. Oh, my God, brutal. Oh, super brutal. Yeah, but also it was brutal, but it was a, a kindness too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, she wasn't it's a very a long kindness a very long kindness <laughs> yeah okay so uh i would like to kind of start wrapping things up so if you guys want to go through and maybe uh give a line that you thought stood out from this part that you really liked Ooh. so who's gonna go first oh, mine was the sejanus scene when in the classroom so now I, I'm. Can I can I use that as my as my line? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, what I picked out. But I I just think it's really good because it it just I I was kind of annoyed with him the first time that I read it, but then when I reread it through, I was like, I mean, he's the only one making sense. Like literally <laughs> the only one making sense. Like, are you are you talking it, about when he stands up to Doctor Gall? Yeah, I mean, and and it, I remember Snow saying like he doesn't realize how dangerous she is, and. It, he doesn't and it's honestly that whole scene was so scary to me because i was afraid she was going to do something like so horrible like calling peacekeepers and off him right yeah there. <laughs> or like or just get yeah. one of our scary snakes and like like attack him with it i don't know it, that, 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 that scene was so tense okay so mine was actually something that made me laugh <laughs> it was when um Coriolanus is watching festus and persephone talking and he thinks, did you tell your best friend his crush was a cannibal? Never <laughs> a rule book when you needed one. <laughs> she does do that wry humor so well. I know. I know. <laughs> it's one of the only few like fun, like funny things in this whole book because this whole book is just super depressing. <laughs> oh gosh. I think um, this was after he dropped the handkerchief in the tank and was like freaking out and having this internal debate with himself and this was kind of what we were talking about with like if he's just doing this all for self-interest or if it was actually for lucy gray and it says he done it so they would not bite her as they had clemencia so they would not kill her because he cared about her because he cared about her or because he wanted to her to win the hunger games so that he could secure the plinth prize if mm -hmm. it was the latter he had cheated to win and that was that mm -hmm. i like that one <laughs> oh and I think he said that he cheated. Like, I, I think he kind yeah. of admitted to himself that he cheated. Mm. So, like, that kind of shows that he doesn't really care about her. Actually, I just like how actually, he repeated, the, like, the Actually, whole... in the very next line, he justifies it. Because he says, if that was the latter, he had cheated yeah. to win, and that was that. And then the next thought of his is, hold on, you didn't know if those snakes were going to the arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Suzanne. Right away... <laughs> it's just this debate I, he's having with himself. I know. I just think he's just trying to justify himself so he doesn't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
So just to tell himself that, you know, I deserve this. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, you know. If uh, I it's win, not fine. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. He's crazy. Jen? Oh, sorry. So my, so mine was actually something that we kind of talked about earlier. Um, it was when uh, Dr. Gall was talking to the class and how Snow immediately knew about, um, you know, keeping like why when the war is never ending, how do you always win? And his answer was, we control it. If the war is impossible to end, then we have to control it indefinitely, just as we do now with the peacekeepers occupying the districts with strict laws and with reminders of who's in charge, like the Hunger Games. In any scenario, it's preferable to have the upper hand to be the victor rather than the defeated. And to me, that just summarized like so much of Snow and his ethos and how he moves forward and everything. You know, it's just, I have to have control so that I can always be on top um, because you can never be defeated. Like you should never take a loss. Right. Um, And I think that just plays right into everything, the, the way he handles Katniss the way, um, and I don't know, we'll see how he handles part three um, as the newest peacekeeper. <laughs> because that's certainly a defeat. <laughs> oh, 100%. So, yeah, it'll be, I, I just, I thought that, like, that his answer perfectly summed up who he is as a person. I I thought that it kind of, because I never thought about that before, like, just about the whole Hunger Games situation, that, it, they still are at war, technically, because, like, the entire book, Katniss is like, well, we won the war, so we use this as punishment. But mm-hmm. when that was worded in this book, I was like, oh, my God, wait, that's kind of true, because if they didn't have this type of control, they would rebel. So it's, I mean, it's still a war. It's suppression. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really put the entire thing in perspective for me. And the ending bit about the need to have a victor and a vanquished, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, you know, history is always usually written by the victors. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything that goes on to, you know, the, the ripples from this, yeah, the way that they felt on and on and on. Um, I'm going to cheat. I've got three because I've talked about all the others, but they're very quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, really, really early on, Sejanus, being capital is going to kill me. I just, as soon as I read that, I just said, oh, oh, boy. oh awful. You're- you are not long for this world. So pure. But I'm just like, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Suzanne and her, her foreshadowing. <laughs> um, and another foreshadowing when uh, Snow, you know, he comes out of the arena and he's just killed the boy. He says to himself, what else might he be capable of? Yeah. And he just yeah. says, oh, you know, what you will become. A whole become. lot, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Just you wait. <laughs> um, but a funny one to end, even though it comes out of the the plinths and all of that, is the other thing that I loved in his monologue here. With it's kind of like Grandmam, I think earlier she says, you know, tell Lucy Gray we're so sorry she had to die. Oh, in this one he thinks when he's looking at at Strabo in his suit, he says the unquestionable quality of the clothes clashed with their district personae instead of disguising them, just as Grandmam in a flower sack dress would still scream corso. <laughs> yeah, and I I could imagine that very clearly. <laughs> yeah, I I love to hate Grandma, I and mean, she's I think she's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So I actually have one more too. This is Dr. Gall. She says, I started out as a medical doctor, you know, she mm-hmm. said, obstetrics. Oh, yeah. How what? awful, Coralina's thought, to have you be the first person in the world of baby C's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part because I was just like, oh my God, I hate her too. <laughs> yeah. If Snow hates her, you know that it's that she's not great. <laughs> That's an understatement. Is this um? Is this finally a way to get Meryl Streep into the franchise? Oh my oh, god! Oh my please. god! No, that would be she amazing. was in talk. She was in talk to be coined for a good minute, mm. and it, I, she had just she like dropped it or signed out or something because there was some like scheduling conflict. But I mean, thank God for Julianne Moore because she was oh, she was fabulous. Amazing! Everyone they've cast has been amazing. I have no quarrel. And whoever they will will be. But I just yeah, all the stuff she's kind of done late. I'm like, oh, oh she needs was- to be in it. Yeah. Or grandma, she's not, maybe. She's I don't know. This too is evil, so just get her in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's wrap this up. Um, any last thoughts? Can't wait for part three. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Way yeah. too much to talk about. Way too much to talk about. Yeah, so we're going to be recording uh, part three's episode this weekend. So those of you who haven't finished, you have until then. <laughs> Get that homework TikTok, done. TikTok. <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, keep an eye on our website, www.jabberjays.net, for the latest news on the new book and Hopefully, the new ad- adaptation to come. Uh, follow us on Twitter at hgjabberjays, on Facebook at jabberjays.net, on, uh, and on Instagram at jabberjaysnet. Thank you. Thank Bye, you. Bye. Good night. <laughs>